Hey, it's Sebastian from the Metal Gods Meltdown, and I'm joined by... Hey, it's uh, rock and roll comedian Don Jameson, calling from the States. It's great to be chatting to you this evening. We're all in lockdown at the moment, but I'm going to ask you, you just did a charity telephone on Saturday with Dave Ellison. How did it go, and was there any personal highlights for you? Well, it's always a highlight um, to do something with David, because he's just one of the great guys in the whole metal world. Um, I've done a bunch of projects with him over the last few years. But of course, it always goes up a notch when Alice Cooper pops up on the screen next to you and, uh, you know, joins the party. And, uh, you know, we used to do a show here in America called That Metal Show that I was one of the hosts of. And people always ask me who's some of my favorite guests. And Alice Cooper's always at the top of that list because he's just always a gentleman. He's always got hilarious stories. Uh, you know, I just I used to say he's like the Bill Cosby of metal. But, you know, that doesn't really apply anymore because <laughs> <laughs> Bill's had a little trouble recently. But uh but yeah, so, you know, Alice popped on and uh, it was just a, a really cool hang and it was for charity. So that's always, you know, a good thing. Of course, COVID-19 is like a horror story between James Herbert and Stephen King. But which ending are we going to get? Any ideas? I tell you, man, I don't you know. COVID-19 is like, it, it sounds like C-3PO's robot cousin in, in Star Wars, doesn't it? It does it's, it's not really a, a that scary of a name, you know. I think we need a, a much scarier name than, than COVID-19 because, you know, you had, you know, the Black Plague, you had swine flu. Those sound really bad, you know. What, what, do you, what are we going to tell our kids 15 years from now? They go, ah, yeah, we had this thing called uh, Corona. Doesn't sound that bad, you know. So I, I think we just need a we need a more vicious name for it. Like even, you know, the toilet paper hoarding virus or something. You know, just something that really tells it like it is. I know, man. It's like I was joking at work before we got all these deaths and that. I was saying, come on, Corona's not that bad a beer, really, is it? And it's like people were like looking at me, going, eh? Think about it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, let's go to the album. I love it. I think it's fantastic. It's funny as hell. It's how comedy should be and how it should be before everyone got offended. I mean, you're just four years older than me. So, of course, I remember the good old days of the 80s and that when you could have a laugh and it didn't matter. How has the response been from media and fans? And have you had any, like, sort of, let's say, snowflake haters? <laughs> um, I tell you, to, to be honest, uh, I've been getting so much love from the UK um, for this album which is super encouraging, but it also bums me out because, you know, I was supposed to be leaving tomorrow to come over there and do a bunch of shows with uh, Biff Byford from Saxon. So we were going to kind of do this this comedy and and spoken word and, and uh, rock show kind of thing together. But, you know, as everybody else, uh, you know, we've been canceled. So um, you guys have really been embracing it over there. And I, I really love that, man. I can't wait to get over here and, and do it. But, you know, I've been saying, of course, after this, every comedian is going to have an hour of coronavirus and Tiger King jokes. It's, it's not going to be very good. <laughs> I know, man. Are you all geared up, ready and loaded with jokes and that to come over with? I mean, obviously you would have had some Prince Andrew jokes in there. Yeah, well, I, I, had, a, I had a bunch of uh, jokes about, you know, trying to figure out what Biff used to uh, stuff the front of his spandex with back in the 80s. Remember he used to wear those, those tight spandex? <laughs> he did, didn't he? I always, I always think that's 
What do you like? Put a roadie in there or something? I mean, jeez. <laughs> You're not wrong, man. Yeah, I remember that well. regarding one of my favourite singers and my namesake, Sebastian Bach. And it's funny as hell how you annoyed him. Does he really <laughs> not speak to you anymore? Yeah, well, I mean, for, for people, um, most people know uh, these celebrity roasts that have been on TV everywhere. Um, and basically, you know, if you're part of the roast, you're going you're gonna to get destroyed. You know, if you're on that stage... You're an easy target, and and Sebastian was the roast master that day, and I think he just took such a beating from everybody. Um, by the time I got up there, he was just at the end of his rope, and uh, you know he <laughs> he was, and he was also trying to be a sober person at the time, and um, so he was just drinking tons of coffee, and uh, eventually one of those coffees uh, found its way through the air and connected with my shoulder, um, which you don't see a lot on roasts, people throwing hot coffee at each other, but uh, <laughs> he, uh, he hit me with the coffee, and he stormed out, and yeah, he still hasn't talked to me uh, to this day over it, so um, I got nothing against him. I went to see him last summer here in New Jersey where I live, and he still can sing like a, you know, a mother effer, man. So uh, it doesn't ruin it doesn't ruin my uh, my fandom for him, but um, you know he, you know he, he could have a little bit more of a sense of humor. Why do you think Kid Row keep turning him down to reform? I, they probably don't want to get hit with hot coffee while they're playing. So <laughs> um, you know what it is, man. Here's the truth: is that let's say they go back to Sebastian today, right? So now it's the next full year maybe a year and a half they're touring all over the world all that stuff and then it ends what is skid row gonna do after that you know what i mean what are the other guys gonna do they can't now bring in like an 18th singer <laughs> you know what i mean it's like people go no you just had sebastian in so they're you know basically in a year and a half their career will be over as musicians so you know the way they look at it is like hey we can you know the way we have it now, we could bring singers in and out whenever we want. But the minute it was like when Kiss brought back Ace and Peter in '96, and they did that unplugged, mm. the fans went crazy, and so they had to bring them back into the band. So that's the same situation now. If it doesn't work out with Sebastian, what they can't go back to a no-name singer. The fans won't allow it. So, you know, I think you know Rachel and Snake. They just they want to have a long career. So they're just saying, hey, we'll, we like what we like our band this way. And you know, they got huge radio hits. I mean, that's really what people come to hear. And if they have a singer who can do it, you know, they could tour forever. Going to be able to come over for the Biff Byford tour now. Have you thought about doing a webcast aimed at the UK audience? Huh, that's a good. You know, it's it's funny. I have. I have everybody else's career figured out, but <laughs> my, my own career, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great idea. Um, it would be actually fun for Biff and I to, to do something together. Um, I'm going to talk to him later today, actually. I should bring it up with him. That's, that's a good idea. I yeah, it's, it's whenever it's my career, I have no idea what to do. When it's, when it's anybody else, I always have the answer. Like yourself, 
I'm going to say soccer because you're American, yeah. <laughs> I, I used to be a big soccer fan myself, and I'm guessing American football is totally the same. Do you have the VAR video assistant referee and all that, that lot going on, as well as, as, well as the adverts? Yeah, it's it's brutal, man. You know, I'm old school like you. Just let the guys play the game. Yeah, there's no rhythm anymore. There's a million adverts, commercials. You know, there's you know, there's a, everything has to be reviewed after every play. You know, you you know, you're cheering because your team got a touchdown. But oh, hold on a second. Now we got to look at. Oh wait, his fingernail yeah. was out of so it's not a touchdown that's that's not what sports are meant to be i mean it's, sports were, it was meant to be a bunch of you know goons beating each other bloody and and me and you winning or losing money on the game i mean that's what it's all about hanging with your buds drinking beers and you know watching these guys go out and, and and beat the hell out of each other but you know now every quarterback's like tom brady they're pretty boys you can't touch them you know they, they all and then they're in the commercials it's like i you know, I can't, I can't escape this guy. It's the same over here with the football. It's, it's, it's just ruined the game. So, yeah, I quite enjoyed that because I'm not a big American football fan at all. I remember back in, I don't know, even to the 90s, at halftime, you used to have metal and rock bands playing at halftime, didn't you? Yeah, well, I mean, look what, the, look what happened with the Super Bowl. You know, the last two years I've been traumatized. You know, you got Adam Levine's nipples, you know, uh, two years ago. And then, you know, this, this past year, it's, you know, J-Lo and, and Shakira. I mean, don't get me wrong. I masturbated like three times during the halftime show. But you God forbid you have ACDC or Metallica or somebody play. Or even, you know, I think the last band that played it was Kiss, you know, the last rock band. So um, I know Dee Snyder's got a petition going around to get ACDC to play it. And I don't care... Where you're from, what kind of music you like, where you are in the world, everybody loves ACDC. Absolutely, yeah, you're not wrong. I actually love Nashville Pussy, and I saw them a few years ago in Newcastle, and again, with political correctness, I love that one, Newcastle, the Nashville female reproductive organs. I mean, what the hell's going on, man? The world is insane, isn't it? Well, like I say on the CD, I'm, you know, you know, rockers, we're, you know, we're not woke. We wake and bake. And uh, <laughs> I, I'd much rather go through life being happy and not being offended by anything. And that's one of the things I tried to do on the new record, which is, you know, I, I address the the 600 pound gorilla in the room you know i say you know look look at how look at how ridiculous it's gotten and, and i go through all the term you know the terms uh you know where you can't take an Ill illegal left turn anymore you got to take an undocumented turn now and you can't wear a white beater t-shirt anymore you got to wear i done told her one shirt now and so and then people sort of loosen up when i do that because you know in this day and age, you have to be absurd to get the point across. Because if you look at the headlines in the regular newspaper, like there, it almost seems like it's a joke newspaper because the headlines are so absurd. So you know, I have to try to outdo that. I have to try to outdo the news by really kind of going over the top to to make a point and and obviously get a laugh. Um, and that's always been my, my, kind of my favorite humor, you know, like the Monty Pythons of the world and stuff like that is just the absurdity of what they did. Um, and, you know, you can get a laugh, you can make a point and you can take the piss out of all the politically correct wankers that we have in the world right now.
Of course, rock and comedy does mix, and it must be so crazy when you've been on the road with Ozzy, Alice Cooper, etc. How have you been able to cope with not being able to play any gigs or anything recently? What have you been doing with yourself? Yeah, man, it's crazy. You know, so I've been trying to do a lot of live streams. You know, like you know, obviously the thing I did with David Elvison from Megadeth that was like a, a big telethon that went on all day and all night. You know, I've been you know part of some virus social distancing groups on on Facebook. I've been going live with on Instagram with my friend Brian Slagle from Metal Blade uh, Records. Uh, of course, they, you know, Metal Blade puts out all my comedy albums, which is a, a big thrill for me. So it's, you know, just stuff like that. And, um, yeah, honestly, like like a lot of musicians, I'm just stockpiling material. But, I'm you know, I'm trying not to write a lot of jokes about the coronavirus. Because, like I said, every comedian's going to, you know, the first day back, like every comic is going to have an hour of coronavirus jokes. So, you know, I'm spending time with my, my parents and you know, more time than I've ever spent with them. So I'm, I'm finding a lot of effed up stuff about them that I can use in my act that I didn't know before. And so <laughs> uh, just, you know, waiting, waiting for the country and the world to, to reopen again. And hopefully, I you know, I know I want to get back out there and I hope the fans want to get back out. You've been out on tour with the Guns N' Roses tribute band, which was a really good story. Have you been out with the Iron Maidens yet? Uh, no, I know the Iron Maidens, though. Um, and, and they're geez, they're they're phenomenal. I mean, they they play songs that you know Maiden doesn't even really play. But yeah, I've been on the road. You know, you mentioned Nashville Pussy before. Um, you know, I toured all of Canada with those guys. Um, I've been out with Faster Pussycat. Um, I did Metallica's first Orion Fest. You know, I just toured with Zach Wild from Ozzy's band. Um, so yeah, it's been a wild adventure, man. My whole, the two things I always loved my whole life was rock and comedy. So, um, I always wanted to, I always thought, you know, those worlds, I hope they'll collide someday in my life. And, you know, when we started doing our TV show here in America, that metal show, that's where it happened. And, and, and Dan started, you know, I think Dee Snyder was the first guy that said to, you know, Jim Florentine and I, he's like, hey, you want to come open our show in New York? And we were like, yeah, that would be amazing. I mean, you know, I'm a Twisted Sister fan. I mean, I remember sneaking in to see them down at the Jersey Shore when I was like 16 years old with a fake ID. I mean, I, I always loved Twisted Sister, and here I get to, the chance to open up. So we go down to the to the gig in New York City. It's packed, 2,000 people. And we go downstairs, and, and D goes, I just need to talk to you guys about your sets. And I'm like, okay, what's up, D? And he goes, listen, this is our, you know, it's our Twisted Christmas show. So, you you, you know, you can't curse because it's all families and stuff out there. We can't curse? He's like, no. I'm like, we're like, D, we learned how to curse on stage from you. <laughs> He's like, I know, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's the Twisted Christmas show. They're, you know, there's kids out there. So I went out there, I went first, and I don't care how many kids were there, you're in a room full of 2,000 rockers, they, they want you to go hardcore. So I lasted maybe a minute without, <laughs> without cursing, and then I, was, then I just you know, laid every filthy thing I had in my act on them. Jim went up, did the same thing, and we got done, we went downstairs, and, uh, and Dee was like, how'd it go? And we're like, oh, yeah, all good, man. We, we didn't curse or anything. It went perfectly. So he, 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 thank God he didn't watch because <laughs> we were horrible.
go back to Zach Wilde then. Does he stink? Really stink? I mean, what's the longest you've gone without washing? I can't go a day, man. I couldn't go 70 days. Could you? Yeah, he did 77 days. So um, I could go like they all laughed at me because I shower every day. I like to be clean when I go on stage. But, you know, the rock guys, you know, most of them, you know, they they're definitely very conservative with um you know, their cleaning habits. And Zach is the most conservative of all of them. But, yeah, I could always tell when he finally took a shower on the road because, you know, his hair would be a little fluffier. It wouldn't be as much... He wouldn't be spraying on as much cologne as he usually does. So, <laughs> But he, um, he was so much fun to tour with, man. He was so so good to me. And so we had so many funny conversations. And uh, I'll tell you, man, I knew Zach back in the drinking days. And... Uh, t caffeinated, you know, he's sober 10 years now. I think caffeinated Zach is just as crazy as drunk Zach. Um, there's really not that much of a difference. So, uh, but thank God he's, he's got 10 years sobriety under his belt. I need to ask you this, right? Why do all Americans hate Donald, Donald Trump? I mean, the only American I've ever spoken to that voted Trump was Jack Russell. Did you vote for him? Does anyone vote for him? Was it just the Russians? Let me know, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, I th no, I don't think it's uh, everybody hates Trump. Uh, you know, what, what a lot of people don't see is that, like, if you talk to somebody from, you know, New York or New Jersey um, or California, yeah, they're all going to be Trump haters for the most part, right? But the whole middle of the country is all Trump supporters. So, you know, that's, there's more than, you know, three or four states in America. There's 50. So, you know, if you just talk to people in those states, yeah, that's what you're going to get. But I travel all over the country, and I told people this. I said, you don't understand. I go to Minnesota. I go to Michigan. I go to Ohio. I go to, to Iowa. I tour in all these places. They love Donald Trump out there, and everyone gets mad, you know, back on the East Coast or on the West Coast. Oh, no, you know, he's, he's a jerk. He's this. He's that. And I'm like, I go, I'm telling you, he's going to be the president for four more years. And, um, and I believe that's going to be true, man. For me, politically, man, here's the deal. I walk in, I vote for whoever I vote for, and when I wake up the next day, whoever it is, that's who it is. Exactly. It doesn't make that much of a difference in my life. I get on stage and tell dirty jokes for a living. It's not going to really matter if it's Trump, if it's Hillary, if it's whoever, Obama. It, didn't, it doesn't really matter that much in, in my life. As long as Trump doesn't build a wall around comedy clubs, I'm going to be okay. So you're four years older than me, and you lived through the great 80s when metal was everything. It was on MTV. It was, like, everywhere. How happy and pleased are you that you lived through that era rather than having to live through the music scene now because it's metal's changed in so many genres i love all the genres of metal to be honest with you but are you pleased you were there in the 80s well only because i didn't i don't have like an older sibling that could could have like taken me back to introduce me to the older stuff. So I probably would have liked, you know, I do like a lot of modern music, so I probably still would have liked a lot of this music that's out now, but I would never, I mean, I can't imagine not liking Aerosmith and Kiss and Black Sabbath and Ted Nugent. Um, and I don't know, I wouldn't have had anybody in my family to, 
to introduce me to that. I mean, the heaviest thing my parents ever listened to were the Bee Gees. So I had to find this stuff on my own. Um, so yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that, you know, I got into hard rock and metal when I did. Um, you know, I survived, you know, grunge in the nineties. I, I survived band boys in the two thousands and I'm going to su survive the coronavirus, which probably not nearly as bad as surviving boy bands. <laughs> This is true, man. Coronavirus is going to fuck up the music industry as well as a lot of other things. A lot of bands will go bust, but my question is, do you think we'll ever get to see Ozzy on stage again? Hey, man, I, I think he said it the other day, and I've been saying it for the last year since he's you know been postponing this, this final tour. If he's not the madman, if he can't be that guy, then he shouldn't do it. If he can go out and be that guy one last time, then I'll be at every show, no problem. But, you know, the, the guy has nothing to prove anymore. Um, but, you know, I'm a performer too, not on the level that he is. And we, that's what we like to do. We like to perform. So, you know, I know if he can do it, you know, at a, at a, still at a pretty high level, he's, he's going to get out and do it. Um, I just think it's funny that Motley Crue, made this huge production about we'll never tour again, we're signing contracts, there's no possible way we can tour again. Then they come back because they, oh, we just, we put dynamite on the contract and blew it up, so I guess that, <laughs> I guess anybody could just blow up a contract with dynamite and it's okay. And and now their tour is going to end up getting canceled after all that, so it's just crazy what's going on out there, man. Yeah, that was my next thing about Motley Crue reforming. I was going to say, does it piss you off? Because it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, no, it doesn't piss me off because every no band in in our genre has ever said we're retiring and then did it. So <laughs> that thing I told Mick Mars when he was a guest on that metal show, I said right to his face, I said, "You'll be back," and he said, "No, we, no, I won't." And we were wagging our finger at each other, and I didn't, you know, I wasn't being a dick. I was just saying. You know, hey, listen, I know you guys think you're done, but I'm a performer. I know how it is. You get out of the limelight for a couple years and you start going, ah, yeah, it's kind of fun to perform for 20,000 people every night. And then you forget how much, you know, you don't like each other. You kind of go, oh, yeah, Vince isn't that bad. Oh, yeah, all right, yeah, Nikki's pretty cool. All right, yeah, maybe I'll give him a call. And the next thing you know, you're back. So I said, listen, Nick, I go, you'll be back. And I'll and I'll be the first one online to to come see the show. I don't you know I don't take that stuff seriously. Um, and he said, "Listen, if for any reason we do come back, free tickets for the world." <laughs> and I grabbed that video clip a few months ago and I put that out on all my social media, and the whole world started <laughs> tweeting and Instagramming and Facebooking to Mick Mars asking for their free tickets. And I had no idea it was going to blow up into this huge thing. And after a couple of days, Mick finally had to release a statement saying, all right, when I was on that metal show, clearly I was kidding around. But thank you for writing to me from all over the world asking for tickets and hope to see you on the road. So I caused a little, caused a little trouble in, in the Motley, in the Motley world. But, uh, uh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen now, so maybe next summer. Who was the last band you saw live, and how would you feel if that last group was going to have to spend a year in isolation with e with each other? Ooh, well, the the thing is, the last the last live show that I saw was actually the Monsters of Rock Cruise, 
that um, it runs out of, out of uh, Florida every year. And I've done been one of the hosts on it for six or seven years, and that's like fifty bands on one ship. So. I mean, I saw everybody from, you know, Tesla to Crocus to Striper, Winger, like, you know, every 80s band was on this boat. So, oh, hell, man, I'd love them all to be cooped up here in my, my house. I got a th nice three-story house. I got plenty of room, you know, if, if Winger and Striper and Tesla and all these guys want to come over and, and that, what a jam session that would be every day. What song best describes your life? Because Lemmy, um, it, you know, Lemmy from Motorhead, like, I have to say Lemmy from Motorhead as opposed to, you know, Lemmy, your house painter or something. <laughs> Everybody knows Lemmy. Lemmy is my idol of life. He's my hero. And so I've always lived my life, you know, through a lot of his lyrics. And especially in the comedy business where, you know, like the music business, there's so many ups and so many downs. And you got to kind of, keep an even temperament about you to, to kind of survive it. So um, I would, that song, uh, Don't Let Them Grind You Down, was always kind of, has always been my motto. You know, whenever a, a club owner, you know, shorted me on my money, whenever, you know, a, a tour got canceled by a promoter or whatever, instead of, you know, going on Facebook and, and bad-mouthing them or, or calling them up and cursing them out, I would just be like, Don, don't let them bastards grind you down. And that always helped me get through this, you know, even when, when times were, were low. So, um, you know, always appreciate Lemmy and his words of wisdom over the years. Cool. Mine's You've Gone Wild, although nowadays it's old dude gone wild. But, yeah, it meant <laughs> a lot back in the day. So, yeah. I would have loved to have gone to this Marymount school back in the day. That sounds good fun, dude. Um, it is a nightmare in 2020 being single at our age. Have you met many scary Marys on online dating sites yet? I don't. Yeah, I don't really do the the, the online dating, man. I'm I'm old school like you, man. It's like you know, you know when I when I write my material, I write it down by hand on paper. You know, um, you know I still have a calculator in my house. Um, you know, I still listen to vinyl. Uh, you know, I. You know, I wear jeans and I'm 53. I wear jeans and a concert shirt and a wallet chain every day. You know, there's there's nothing ever going to be trending about me. You know, uh, I'm old school. So, you know, call me crazy. But I don't know. I You know, I like meeting somebody out in a situation where you got something in common. And, you know, a lot of times that's at a show, you know, at, at, a, at a concert. Um, my last girlfriend I met at a Saxon show. I was, I'm walking through the crowd and I see this beautiful girl at a Saxon show and I'm like, all right, I got to talk to her. I mean, how many, <laughs> how many women are at Saxon shows in America to begin with and how many beautiful ones? And uh, we dated for a couple of years. So, um, I, you know, I like my way of doing it. Quick round now. It's just five questions. Denim or leather? Oh, denim. Gotta yeah. be. Denim's cheaper. <laughs> Beer or pizza? Beer or pizza, that's, uh, you can't ask that. They go together. Come on. But uh, if I have to choose, uh, beer is uh, considered a meal, right? It is. It is. Yeah. yeah, totally. Okay. Baby metal or Megadeth? Oh, God. I, you know, I should hang up on you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Ricky Gervais or Ellen? 
Oh, Ricky Gervais. And by the way, I just got into Ricky as well that you, you mentioned earlier. Um, and Biff from Saxon made me sit down and watch his last special. And I got to admit, it was very, very funny and very not PC. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, definitely, you know, Ellen, you know, Ellen's good if you like, you know, comedy about, you know, taking a pickle out of a jar. <laughs> Hilarious stuff. Yeah, right. Okay, and the last one. Donald Trump or Prince Andrew? <laughs> I run away from both of them faster than Meghan Markle and uh, Prince Harry. <laughs> Do you have any final words for your fans and our listeners? Um, hey, just check out Denim and Laughter. Um, you can stream it on Apple Music or Spotify, um, or just go check it out over at Metal Blade Records. And uh, look for me on the social media, Don Jameson, J-A-M-I-E-S-O-N. Um, come check me out on my Twitter, Instagram. It's Minutes of Fun. Hey, what's up, UK? It's rock and roll comedian Don Jameson. And I'm telling you right now, I know you're listening to it. I know you love it. It's the Metal God Meltdown. Crank it. <laughs>